This morning's scripture comes from the Gospel of Matthew, and it's in the 13th chapter. And in that chapter, there are a fair number of stories that have probably been brought together because they have a common thread that weaves them together. They're stories of planting and care of the field and the harvest, sometimes called the agricultural section of the Gospel of Matthew. But this passage is a story that Jesus tells those who are listening about the wheat and the weeds. And then we're going to join our voices together in singing a hymn that puts really this scripture into music and our voices. So from the 13th chapter, one of the stories about plantings and the harvest. Then Jesus told them this story. The kingdom of heaven is like what happened to a farmer who scattered good seed in a field. But while everyone was sleeping, an enemy came and scattered weed seeds in the field and then left. When the plants came up and began to ripen, the farmer's servants could see the weeds. The servants came and said, Sir, didn't you scatter good seed in your field? Where do these weeds come from? An, an enemy did this farmer said. His servants then asked, do you want us to go out and pull the weeds? No, the farmer replied. You might also pull up the wheat. Leave the weeds alone until the harvest time. Then I'll tell my workers to gather the weeds, tie them up, and be rid of them, but I'll store the wheat in my barn. This ends the reading from the Gospel of Matthew. And will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be offered humbly and faithfully. Amen. I don't know about you, but I end up obsessing about them. I, I don't, maybe you don't, I, I do. Oh, okay, what I'm talking about. I, um, I love in working in my yard and garden. I kind of obsess over it. I move a rose bush here and think, oh, it looks a little better here. I've even planted impatiens in the spring and moved them a little later. I am always sort of obsessing over it. And yes, yes, as I mow my lawn, my suburban chest swells with pride with a neatly tended and edged lawn. Well, these days, of course, the grass is lush, we've had nice weather and plenty of rain, and most of the yard looks beautiful. The roses in my front yard, they're last buds of the season. I mean, it's all beautiful, but you know, it comes with that rain and perfect weather are plenty of weeds, and that's what I end up obsessing over. The weeds are flourishing as well. I mean, what's a gardener to do? What should I do? Should I focus on the weeds in my lawn or the beauty of the roses? Do I focus on the creeping Charlie, which is making inroads in the southwest corner again, or the purple mums? And I confess, I fret over the weeds. I lay out long-term herbicide-free strategies for their eradication. And my friends, my friends know of this obsession and weakness of mine, and they have, yes, exploited it. 
Once I came home many years ago from a summer church meeting, it was June or July, so the days were fairly long, and it was dusk as I pulled into my driveway, and I stopped the car, I was aghast. There in the front yard, five or six yellow-headed dandelions taunting the imperfection of my yard. I stopped the car right there. I actually walked to the garage, got out my dandelion puller. I like to do it by hand. I'm a craftsman. And, um, and I pulled the first one. It just sort of came loose and another. And all five were just in my hand. They were not in any way, shape, or form connected to anything that was growing. And then out of the corner of my eye, in the front windows, I saw my wife and my friend, Drew, laughing uproariously. For Drew had cut the weeds from his yard and put them in mine, just to taunt me. So I realized, of course, that I was absorbed by the minor imperfections. And I lost sight of beauty and the grace of the much broader picture. Maybe that's part of the conundrum of life. Do we focus on the stumbles, the imperfections, or on the beauty of the grace that surrounds us? I mean, at first glance, what Jesus teaches us is pretty straightforward. A farmer plants wheat in his field, and an enemy plants weeds. I know the feeling, right? The workers say, we're going to, uh, to pull the weeds, and the farmer says, no, you're not. No, you're not. I mean, it's a strange answer, isn't it? No, he says. Because the farmer reminds them that pulling the weeds might ruin the wheat. Because there was method in the farmer's madness, in that it was difficult. In fact, it was impossible during while the wheat was growing to tell the difference between the good and the bad. I mean, literally, that's true. There was, and still is in the Middle East, a weed called darnel, which looks exactly like wheat and grows in the same fields. Except that darnel, when eaten by animals, is sort of poisonous. But you can't tell the difference until they both have grown, until it's almost time for the harvest. Thus, the difference between what was the stuff of life, the wheat, and the stuff that was harmful was really difficult to tell the difference. And so the farmer is sort of between a rock and a hard spot. I mean, what's a person to do? Does the farmer emphasize or focus on growing the wheat, or is he going to focus on pulling the weeds? Knowing that for a while, it's difficult to tell the difference. I mean, there's another option, I suppose. It's not even mentioned in the story, which is kind of surprising, but it might feel like, at first glance, fairly satisfying when the farmer could seek revenge against the person who planted the bad seeds in the field. But me, you already know about me, my tendency is to follow the workers and to think about pulling the weeds, maybe even to focus on the negative despite the beauty of the wider picture. Some people might say, yes, you know, I would probably at first thought, concentrate on getting even. But of course, neither of those models is what Jesus lifts up. He lifts up the patience of the farmer 
is the one to emulate. And the farmer has the presence of mind and the confidence in his faith to neither seek revenge nor to focus on the weeds. But the farmer works to save the harvest. Save that which will benefit both the community and his family and himself. Instead of only raging against the evil or what he's been hurt by, the farmer instinctively reacts to value the good in his midst. Don't pull the weeds, he tells the workers. Instead, grow the wheat. Don't spend all of your energy on the hurt, but tend the hope. Patience, says the farmer. Maybe in one respect, in some ways, that's what Martin Luther King said when he paraphrased an earlier preacher of a hundred years before when he reminded us that the arc of human history is long, but it always bends towards justice. I don't know exactly how this story from the Gospel of Matthew relates to you, your relationship with others, or your anger over a political issue. I mean, you know that better than I do. You know with whom you're disappointed or hurt by or angry with. You know the person who might have wronged you. Maybe even someone cheated you. And you alone know perhaps your heart's desire for revenge. But remember what Jesus urges the listener. Don't focus on pulling the wheat and pulling the weeds. Focus on growing the wheat. Focus on the good, not the wrong. And you know what? Strangely enough, that's what every gardening book tells you about your lawn as well. That if you tend and try to grow healthy grass, it ends up crowding out the weeds on its own. But I understand, I know. In dealing with someone with whom you're hurt by or frustrated or angry with, that we need to remember, however, the old saying that when you are in the darkness of a room, you have two options. One is, of course, to curse the darkness. The other is to light a candle. The second one focuses on light, on the good, on seeking a solution. I understand cursing the darkness can be really satisfying, but when you're done cursing, you're still in the dark. Maybe that says something to us as a nation, as a community of faith, maybe to your individual heart. The danger in focusing on the negative, the evil, the weeds, is that we lose our bearings. And I, the reason I think so many people, that's the reason so many people hate to watch the news now. It feels like it's all about the weeds, and there's hardly any ever wheat. I know I. I have to remind myself and be reminded of that the mystery of evil, the mystery of hurt, although prominent in our world and in our, in our politics, it must never, never overwhelm the extraordinary mystery of human goodness, never overwhelm the pursuit of justice and mercy, never overwhelm tending the wheat. I think that is one of the promises of the gospel. That the extraordinary mystery of human goodness is greater than the mystery of evil. 
The arc of history is long, but it does bend toward justice. The season of Lent and then the Passion Week are long, but they still bring us to Easter. And I understand, tending to the wheat and not focusing on the weeds doesn't mean that there aren't times that we have to stand up for what is good and right. We do. But I also remind you of something I once said to you before from William Sloan Coffin. He reminded us that if you love God, he said, you must hate evil. But beware. Beware if you find yourself hating evil more than you find yourself loving God. Because then you become a darned good hater. In the midst of the madness of our world, when one feels the weeds might be taking over, we need to be reminded of the mystery of human goodness. For that mystery of human goodness is a glimpse of God. When I think of our congregation growing the wheat, I think of a conversation I just had with Catherine and Meredith earlier this week. We were talking about our church's stewardship. Stewardship of our time and talents and also, yes, of our financial blessings for the coming year. And wisely, our conversation turned towards the heart of what it means to be a church, the heart of what it means to have a budget as a moral document. And what it turned to was our mission and outreach ministry. I mean, mission and outreach is the portion of our pledges that is used to support our mission partners in their work for justice and mercy and kindness in the world. It's one of the ways in which we focus on growing the wheat. It's one of the reasons why we settle refugees, regardless of their faith tradition, because we do so as a witness to our belief that Christ calls us to be hospitable to both those neighbors that we know by name and those neighbors whose names we may never know. Settling those families is a way that we testify to what we read in one of the New Testament letters, that we should always show hospitality to the stranger, for we never know when we might entertain an angel. That's growing the wheat. It's why we support Growing Hope globally. You may have remembered it as Foods Resource Bank, where we supply the money to buy seed and fuel, partner with Park Street Congregational Church, who provides the land and the labor. And in over 15 years of partnership, our two churches have literally provided millions of meals around the world. Remembering that when Jesus said, when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I mean, that's literally growing the wheat. And so is participating by walking or supporting our upcoming crop walk on October 27th. You know, the crop walk is known in certain circles as sort of the granddaddy of all the charity walks. It's 50 years old, and crop, and I'm around long enough to remember, it used to stand for Christian Rural Overseas Program. 50 years ago, its primary mission was to help Midwest farmers share their grain with hungry families in what was still post-World War II Europe and Asia. But now that crop walk seeks to ensure that people worldwide have access to nutritious and sustainable food sources. Literally, walking in or supporting the crop walk lives into our call to grow the wheat. I mean, I could go on and on about how our mission partners and how we support them with our time and talents and, yes, our financial blessings are the heartbeat of what it means to be a community of faith. 
Because Jesus calls us not only to grow the wheat, but to be darned good haters or lovers of God and the good. As a church, I do think we need to remind ourselves that our life together isn't about identifying challenges. It isn't about seeking to root out the weeds. It's not always about fighting for a cause. Our life together is about lifting up that our faith in Jesus Christ, and through that faith, there is nothing more amazing than the extraordinary mystery of human kindness. So let us not focus in our lives or in our world on simply pulling the weeds. We are called instead to grow the wheat of love, justice, and mercy. Amen.